The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Listen, I, a lot of that I think is innate. I think we've got some guys that innately, you know, get their hands on. we got a couple of guys with some length. You know, Giles and Chris, obviously, God gave them appendages that are going to help him do it. But, but like, even if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Derek has one this year, and that's just because he gets it up at the right time. George certainly has a great timing for it. Mike uh, Dana has gotten some inside. I think our guys have a real good knack for it. I mean, we preach it. Certainly when we're playing certain size quarterbacks, it becomes more of an emphasis. But um, a lot of what we look at is where quarterbacks are releasing the football. Oh, yay! It's Broncos week again! Oh, thank you, football gods! I don't I don't know, fellas, if I am more um, annoyed that we have to cover this meaningless game <laughs> or that I am glad that we get the Denver Broncos out of the way. Because I know Brian Hoyer and the, uh, and the Vegas Raiders are coming down the pike two more times as well. And those are two other pointless games as well, with Brian Hoyer leading the way. These are these are the games in which the great Charles Barkley once said in an interview in the 90s. Guys, in a post-game, I want to apologize uh, for my performance out there, but I just have to be honest. It is just hard for me to get myself up for the Golden State Warriors. And uh, and that's that's where we are right now. It's hard to get myself going in this game for the Denver Broncos. But it is Denver Broncos week. It's a crying-ass shame that this is where it's come to because this used to be games that I looked forward to as John Elway tortured me as a child. And then and, and then Brian Greasy somehow was able to torture me as well, which, is, which shouldn't ever happen. And then Jake Plummer had his time at torturing me as well, not to mention then that Peyton Manning those Peyton Manning years, 17 in a row, the Chiefs are going for. That's absolutely. Didn't they, didn't they lose a really ugly game to Tebow at one point? Yes, he completed two passes in Arrowhead. Yeah. He completed two passes in Arrowhead, and they won. That that has to be the Poor Marcus Cooper lost, lost his soul in, in these matchups. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peyton took him, took it from. There's him. been a lot of corners that have uh, had their souls ripped out from them. As Eric Warfield, yeah, Eric yeah. Warfield, he's been in that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he has got his his soul. But now the Chiefs have won 16 in a row and hunting for 17, and we've got a 
we got to somehow make um, make the Denver Broncos week work. This this feels like the show I used to watch on Food Network called Cutthroat Kitchen. So they <laughs> they force you to make me- meals and you had to use for you like a George Foreman to create like a oh, five worse. star dining. <laughs> worse, you were handcuffed and you only had the use of one hand <laughs> and the utensils you could use was a switchblade. And you had to try to come together and make a meal with a switch. That's what it feels like having to put together content for for Denver Broncos week, two weeks after you just played them to one of the most boring games in the history of the NFL in Chiefs history had to be had to be one of the worst, but. I don't, I don't, you know, it was so got, bad, Ron, that we all, and it was genuine. I know Ron disagreed with it, but me and Serta were like, yeah, the Chiefs don't care. Yeah. And we I, were being totally serious. They yeah, didn't, I they didn't uh, care about the game yeah, at all. I, the offense did. Uh, the offense was trying. They just couldn't. Uh, I will still stand to that. I, I, I do want to say this, though. You know, Sunday's game against the Chargers, not this dreadful one we have to prepare for against Denver. Sunday's Sunday's game against the Chargers. Like I will, I think it was the best the offense has played, considering the opponent and considering everything that happened. We looked at there; that was the best we've seen the offense played. Trust we will get to that uh, because I we talked about wanting to see when this offense was going to come together. I didn't think that we would see that type of performance yet, but that was good to see that. We'll get to that. But to me, man, we got to start having a real conversation about this Chiefs defense. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I have said it coming in. We talked about it. Yo, we think the Chiefs could have a top 10 defense. We said this before the year. And then we kind of we kind of laughed. At, I kind of, I know I did. Kind of like, hey, man, all right, man, maybe top 15. Let's do something like that. No, top 10 defense. And then we watched them play against the Lions, who before last week, and they just got absolutely destroyed by the Ravens. Before last week, you're looking like, hey, man, that might be one of the best teams in football, the Lions. They walked in there, and they held the Lions twenty to, what, 21 points, and they didn't have the centerpiece of the defense, and Legereus Sneed was, like, at 80%. You're like, hmm, okay, what are they going to look like once they get the big fella in there? And then you start to see and look at it, and then we start having the conversation full-fledged, like, no, this is a top 10 level defense and then i think a few weeks ago a couple weeks ago i think we started to move the conversation from top 10 and started saying yo is this is this a team that has a chance to be a top five defense i think we have to start having a serious conversation about is this the best defense in the league like is the kansas city chiefs defense the best defense in the league fellas i think they're at the very least in the conversation I think they are too. I like if you look at their run defense, it, it's not great, but some of that is just a couple of big plays that have gone against them. Their pass defense, though, man, is outstanding. If you look at the secondary, and we talked about this coming into the year, it's as deep as it's been and as long as I can remember. If you look at the pass rush, it's almost like they've been adding a new piece to the puzzle like every other week. Last week, you get Charles Aminahue to add to the puzzle. After week one, you get Chris Jones kind of back into the fold. This is a defense now that's starting to hit its stride. And as they do, you're seeing them over the course of games adjust to whatever it is that the opposing teams are throwing at them. Against the Chargers, first half went a little weird, right? You had a couple of big plays that went against them, but 
you found a way to adjust and you figured out a way. And then in the second half, they just completely shut that offense down. The Chargers looked like they couldn't figure out anything that was being thrown their direction. And that's kind of been the theme of the season thus far is once the Chiefs kind of figure out the way that the opposing team is trying to attack them, they just become this amoeba style defense and they shut everything down. It's been incredibly impressive. So do they just turn the water off in the second? I mean, just said like, Hey, are you good? Like they were, that was the impressive thing to me. So is they were just going down the field like the chiefs were. And then the second half, they just said, Nope, you're done. Uh, Thank you for playing. You're getting 17 today. That's it. I think I started calling them elite. Like after the Vikings game, um, because I, I know Justin Jefferson got hurt in that game, but before he, he got hurt, nothing. they yeah. were totally shutting him out of the game. And like a player of that caliber who is that special, like you got to start talking about these guys and what they're accomplishing in the secondary, especially. But I'm with you, like they're top three in my mind now, like without a shadow of a doubt. And there was some chatter like, oh, the Chiefs haven't played a lot of good quarterbacks, like whatever, like. They silence all of that in my mind with the second half against the Chargers. Cause I do think that the Chargers and Kellen Moore last week had a really good game plan early on. And they were, they were just funneling everything to everybody who wasn't Keenan Allen. Cause they knew the chiefs were going to be super locked in on Keenan Allen. Cause he's their best wide receiver. And they were funneling everything to everybody else and creating explosive plays. And that was the first time like we've seen them early in games kind of bend a little bit, but keep teams out of the end zone. And I feel like that was the first time where we were really seeing them get gashed early in a football game like that. And then to totally just shut them out in the second half to, like you said, just totally shut the water off and just say, no, nah, you we're, we're not allowing you to do anything. Like that's what elite defenses do. That's what defenses where instead of Patrick Mahomes, go win the game. You are who you are. You're the greatest in the game right now. We expect you to win football games for us single-handedly. Like that's what the defense did in the second half against the chargers. And they are a unit that you can lean on and say, okay, we need you guys to go win us a game now. And I don't think in the Patrick Mahomes era, they've ever had a defense that you could say that about. I Listen, I watched the Niners against that Vikings team that the chiefs played and the Niners didn't have to deal with Justin Jefferson for a second. And they weren't shutting down the Vikings the way that the Chiefs did. And they weren't playing that that, that way the way that the Chiefs did. Like this, these dudes, that, that second half was so impressive to me. It was just like, like you're right, BK. It's like, oh, let's fill it out a little bit. Let's fill out what we're going to do. We have a game plan to shut down Keenan Allen. Let's really, and then they just said, oh, in the second half, like, let's turn it up. And Charles Amenehue, are you serious? Yeah. That's what they're going to get? Are you kidding me? Like, wow. I mean, that defensive line, we saw that. We talked about it last week of that Amenahue, Chris Jones, Mike Dana, Carloftis potential line. Good God. He had this – This. I mean, I bet you Spags is somewhere just about to, to lose his mind with a bottle of wine or something, sitting there just looking at the potential. <laughs> I, hadn't had, I hadn't had this since uh, uh, Justin Tuck and Strahan – and uh, is it Matthias Kiwanuka? Who was the other <laughs> yeah, one? And on, that race on car Thursday, on Thursday, that- Spags was asked about them swatting so many passes this season, and he was like, "Well, guys like Chris and Charles are just blessed with the appendages to do those things." Yeah, they've got the appendages. Yeah, that, that NASCAR package he used to put out with the Giants. I mean, he's he's getting he's they've getting got it now. They, they've got out. it. Yeah, 
D- Dana, Aminahue, Chris Jones, you add in Karloftis to that mix. Like those guys all can rush from anywhere and they can do anything. And so if you're an opposing offensive line, man, it's a nightmare because you don't know where they're coming from. And then you add in Leo Chanel, who's a really good blitzer in his own right. Or you add in one of the guys that's coming in from the sna- secondary. They haven't really even gotten Legereus Sneed going because he's been so damn good in coverage. So if you get him going in some of these blitz packages, like, and the other thing, they, they haven't needed a blitz at times this year because no. they're getting home with four more often. But, Ron, that, I go back to that secondary thing. I, you mentioned it, Serta. What they've been doing against these number one wide receivers is maybe the most impressive piece to this puzzle right now. You talked about Justin Jefferson. He had three for 28 in that game. He had six targets. He had three receptions for 28 yards. That's unbelievable. That's impossible to do against him. Keenan Allen last week. Four for 55 on nine targets. He's been having a monster season since Mike Williams went out. Garrett Wilson, nine for 60 on 14 targets. Ridley, two for 32, eight targets. Amon Ross St. Brown, six for 71. Pretty decent game. Did so on nine targets. If you're doing that against Amon Ross St. Brown, you're making them work because they don't have great secondary options. That's what you're watching right now is a secondary that mostly because of Legereus Sneed, also at times with Trent McDuffie, you have a couple of guys that can be a legitimate number one cornerback option for you, and you don't have to worry about these top-end number one wide receivers beating you the way that we have in previous seasons. I Listen, I, I'm going to say this. I, I don't think that there are a lot of people having this conversation. They, oh, the Chief, I think people think the Chiefs defense has improved. But to say they're like up there with Dallas and San Francisco and the Jets, I don't, I don't know that a lot of people are having this conversation. And I think it's, I think it's a major piece and a reason why I think I've been slow to it. I, I mean, I've got PTSD to the Chiefs' defense. Like I, I have, it is hard for me to say and believe. Like I grew up on defense for the Chiefs. With in '95 and '97, all those years under Marty with Derek and and and, and Neil and that crew, I grew up. The, but most of my life, the Chiefs' defense has been the issue. They've been the problem through the Vermeil years, through through these Andy years. They've been the problem. It is hard in my mind to say, yeah, the Chiefs have the best defense in football because of just what we've seen for so many years. And I and it's hard for me to get past that mental block. I'm past it now, man. That was that was ridiculous. With it, they've held everybody under twenty-one points. <laughs> and and Ron, the craziest and it's only been part, twenty-one once. The craziest part is that this is the year of the defense. Like they are maybe the best when everybody is playing better defensively. Yeah. And so, like as the tide is rising, you had to get better marginally than everybody else who is also improving because defense this year has just. So far, outpaced offenses around the league. Teams are doing stuff that is bothering offenses. There is more zone defense. They're making it really hard to be able to complete the vertical passing plays, which is making you convert more often. And these offenses just aren't designed to be able to do that over the long haul. Chiefs are forcing turnovers. They're not allowing you to convert those deep plays very often. They're shutting down your number one wide receiver. It's just... It's really hard to go up against them. And Steve Spagnolo has, I think, had his best season as a defensive coordinator so far as well. He's putting out all of his best stuff, and it's happening earlier than we typically see it. And he's implementing these new pieces. Like it's it's just been so much fun to watch, man, because I I 
I thought this team had the potential to be better defensively. I thought, to your point, Ron, they were going to be better to being like a top 10-ish unit, which would have been a huge, huge thing for this team. But for them to be top five, maybe number one, that is, I mean, it changes every possible expectation of the ceiling for this season. They're the most complete team in the NFL right now. There's no close second. It's And I think a big part of this is the drafting and developing, like obviously the draft picks have hit and they've got some legitimate players, some superstar caliber players, in my opinion, out of the draft in recent years, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But it's that Spags had to adapt from what he had normally done, which was like, I don't like playing young players. Like I like these veterans. I run a complicated system. And these guys had to grow with Spags while he was growing as a defensive coordinator and you're seeing how much trust he has in all of them now. And I think that's that's part of their success on the field is that like we hear them talk about it and Trent McDuffie's only a second year player, but you hear like them talk about their communication in the secondary and how everybody's like seeing things and how everybody's relaying things across the field. And then their linebacker room is as talented as I ever remember it being, like following the Kansas City Chiefs. And the defensive line and this guy, Charles Amena, who, who looks like he's nine feet tall on the football field and they can just pressure anybody. It's it's unbelievable what they're doing. And I feel like they're still not even getting as much hype as they should be because it's Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. But they should be talked about like the Cowboys, like the Jets, like the Ravens, like the Browns, like they are absolutely that good. But the the part about it that as as you just talked there, sort of and what you just said. DK is, as you said, they're the most complete team. Yep. When you then say to yourself, <clears throat> hey, uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, that offensive line, Isaiah Pacheco, hey, man, can you put up 20? That's what we need from you most games. Can you give me 20? And if that is and if that is the requirement from Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and that offense, that is a scary proposition for the rest of the league, if them because th- before they may have be called upon against the better teams to have to to have to get thirty, like I, honest to God, I think forty, forty sometimes. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a talented team. I think they could smother the Bengals. I think right now if they played the Bengals, like I twenty one, you know, I don't know what to think. You. I know, I know you're not, but I think hey, this, this this team matches up better with Cincinnati than I just any. And watch, I just watched the Seattle Seahawks hold them to 17, and that and they are getting into the line with everybody else who's holding them down like that. Like I, Seattle's I, got a nice secondary too. I got. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the whole thing is like that. That's not the requirement anymore. Hey man, give us 21. Okay. Yeah. Like, like they didn't even give up. They didn't even give up twenty one to the to the Lions. The Lions scored a defensive touchdown. Yep. They didn't even give that up. They gave up. Yeah, if you score one, you're in a really good spot. Now I don't know if that's going to be the case against like. We'll see what it looks like against the Dolphins. We'll see what it looks like against the Eagles, the Bills. Like some of these teams that are coming up, they're they're going to be real tests on the schedule. But you have a defense now that, like, when you go up against the Eagles, you can put McDuffie on Devontae Smith, and you're like, okay, I don't hate that matchup for us. It's going to be tough, but I don't hate it. You can put Legereus Sneed over on AJ Brown, and you could say to yourself, all right, I see how this is going to work out. And the same thing is true against the Bills, where you put one of those guys on Stephon Diggs. You put your guys on Jamar Chase. And T. Higgins going up against the Bengals, like, okay, I see how you match up now. In previous iterations of this Chiefs defense, you just couldn't do that. 
you'd be like, we're light somewhere. Either we don't have the pass rush or we don't have the secondary or our linebackers are going to get crushed on the ground with the running back that's just going to bulldoze over them. There's always been one piece to the puzzle that's been missing seemingly. And this year for the first time, every level of the defense has what they need. Even the safeties, by the way. I mean, what you're getting right now out of some of these, the safety play has been really impressive as well. So I, from top to bottom, they've been they've been really, really good. Mike Edwards, by the way, is one of the most surprising additions with what he's been giving them yeah, so far this year. The, yeah, I don't know where the hill they came came up with that. Now I'm serious, <laughs> man. If they if they if they go to Berlin and they hold down the Dolphins, I'm not sure if they're going if they're playing in Berlin, but it's somewhere in Germany. But if they go to yeah, if they go to Berlin and they shut down the Dolphins, like, hey man. Like, because I mean, you would expect at least for the Dolphins, I would, you would think a good performance if they held them to twenty-four. If they shut, if they shut them down, come on, man! Like we gotta, like this thing is getting serious, boy. Well, they put out that 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 Charles Minahue that in there, and they slid him inside next to Chris Jones. Whew. Good night. My goodness alive. Throughout this NFL season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right there on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. Later on this afternoon on the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page, we will have our updated same-game parlay for the Chiefs' Week 8 matchup in Denver against the Broncos as they look to go 2-0 and against their division rivals. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's do it. When the uh, when the Chiefs have the ball, um, this for me is 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 it. Like, I just thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Um, You know, I as I said, man, I come to the great ones. and. I don't I, I I really have a hard time. It's just not my makeup to start looking at struggles and then looking at the lesser players and saying, ooh, it's on them when the best players aren't playing well either. But I give the credit, all the credit when the guy and the man plays like the man. And that's what Patrick Mahomes did. I do not think it's a coincidence that the Chiefs had their best offensive performance when Patrick Mahomes started to look more like the Patrick Mahomes that we're used to. And I am hoping Sunday is a continue continuation of that against Denver, that he continues. Because I said last week, I want to know what their identity is, fellas. And the identity can't be, hey, let's just waltz around here, run around here, wait till 87 gets open, and let's get it to him. All right, they didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. He got the ball, yes, 12 catches, 13 targets. But it felt like it made sense off of everybody else. Everybody else seemed like you could see clearly Rasheed Rice running routes off of Travis and getting open because because of that. And that making sense. MVS coming up and him being put in roles that made sense. I just – I hope we see a continuation of Patrick Mahomes – playing to the level that we expect him to play at 
because I think that is what takes this offense to the next level. I've always said, man, yeah, man, these guys, that, I mean, it's going to take them a minute to get here. They're young or whatever. But the, the saving grace is, is they got Andy and Pat and Travis. And now we saw what it looks like when those three guys are at the top of their game. And, and the thing is that makes them all great is they can consistently do that week after week. And that's what you're hoping to see. I want to see a continuation of that. Is it fair to say that was the first time we've seen this year where Patrick Mahomes looked dominant? Not that he looked good, but where yes. he looked like he could not be stopped. Yes. You saw the you saw the the off-platform throws, the uh like I mean them throws where he was running to the sideline and then opening up his hips, the the patented and vintage Mahomes type throws. We hadn't really been seeing that stuff and MVS was was right there uh in 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 concert with him. That Yes, that's the first time we've seen, oh, uh, like that's the first time we've seen, oh, hell, you can't do nothing with that. Had a couple of first down runs as well uh, on third down where it's just like you just, yeah, that's that's what you have to deal with when you go up against Patrick Mahomes. There's just nothing you can do to stop him. And then some of the stuff that him and Kelsey were, were doing was just ridiculous. I, I thought the moment where you felt like, okay, that's the Mahomes that I remember was the big time connection between he and MVS. Because you haven't seen a whole lot of that second reaction stuff this year, where it's like, okay, we're getting into scramble mode now. And this is where Mahomes becomes Mahomes, right? We've seen other quarterbacks in different eras that are as dominant as he is with the quick game. He's really, really good at it. And it's something I think that gets underrated for him. But the stuff that sets him apart is, okay, he's really good at the quick game. And then look at this. Watch the special stuff that he's able to add on top of that. And we started to see some of those plays this week. And that's, that was something that was, I think, really important to be able to see. The next level to it, and I'm hopeful that maybe we can start to see this sooner rather than later, maybe even this week against the Broncos. I want to see him starting to attack over the top again. Because so far this year, that has been something that's been missing from the Chiefs game. They are one of the worst deep ball throwing teams in the NFL uh, so far this year, he's completing just 34% of his passes of 20 or more yards. Here's the quarterbacks, Ron, that are below him. Josh Dobbs, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, Jordan Love, Mac Jones, and sadly, Joe Burrow. That is not the group that you want to be surrounded by. And that's where Patrick Mahomes is right now when it comes to deep balls. If he can start getting that going again, man, we're talking about this offense the same way that we're talking about the defense. It's I, I do wonder if that's ever going to manifest this season with question. these guys in a consistent way, though, because like McCall is your best deep ball wide receiver, probably your best deep threat or Justin Watson. Like McCall is certainly the fastest one. He's definitely the biggest play one. But Justin Watson can make some of those splash plays sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he returned to practice this week, at least in a limited fashion. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but it sounds like he's going to be back sooner than all of us thought. But I think for me, yes, the, the deep passing game, obviously I want to see that continue and I want to see more of that, but I just want to see them continuing to finish off drives and get in the red zone and get in the end zone and score points because it doesn't always have to be flashy. I just want to see them look like they're, they know what they're doing because there's been times this season where it looks like they don't know what they're doing offensively. And that's all I want to see. I just want to see progress as we keep moving this thing along. No, yeah, I hear that. The red zone is something you want to see them finish and get better in. But, man, 
I, I, I'm with you on that, BK. Is it feels like they haven't been able to to have a real downfield passing threat since Tyreek left. Like there's some things here and there, but like the threat of a hey, they're gonna just run past you. And I don't and I don't know that that is necessarily just because defenses are just flat trying to stop that. I just, I just, they just have seemed to struggle. Like they, they're, they're still really good offensively. Obviously, they were number one last year with their top five this year in the league. But it is, it is more or less of like full all the way down the field. The element of the big play, they'll score just on one play. That element has been gone for a couple of years now, and you would think like they have. Maybe they don't have Tyreek, but you would think between Kadarius Toney and now McCole Hardman, who was there last year too, uh, they've got just speed guys. We saw the speed of McCole Hardman when he changed that game around on, the, on that punt return. Like you, they've got guys. They just don't seem to be able to hook up. And we see it. The, the one blemish on Mahomes' day was that pick he threw uh, when he tried to hit McCole Hardman deep. And, you know, I, 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 that is something I would want to say. Also, can I say this? BK, they better be able to run the damn football this week. Like that, 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 that really pissed me off two weeks ago when they didn't even try to. Right. They didn't, like, they didn't even try to. Isaiah Pacheco's had Ron a was year. big mad. Ron was a oh, big I was hot. Mad. I was hot. I was like, y'all didn't even try to, man. Y'all wouldn't even, y'all wouldn't even own it. And he had some he had some decent runs. They weren't even on it. Like the, this is a they are historically bad. Historically bad. I'm not saying you got to just turn your offense around, but doggone it, man. He got to like this has to be a 15. What did he do against the Jets? That's how many carries he should have in this game. Right? When he played against the Jets, he didn't completely shut down. It wasn't like Mahomes threw 15 times, but he's got to get more. They didn't, they didn't even attempt against this sorry run defense of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and they couldn't get anything going on the ground last week either. It's something that needs no. to improve because I told you about, told you about that Chargers run defense, uh, sir. <laughs> it, it's something that needs to improve because last no, year, like bad fantasy run defense. No, but I had a bad real life run defense. <laughs> You think back to what they were able to do in the postseason and a big part of their success whenever the passing game did stall out because you're going to go up against good defenses, especially you got teams that are going to like hone in on, hey, we want Mahomes to struggle. That's that's our key to success here. When that happens, you've got to have something that you can fall back on. And I know that the running game is not sexy in today's day and age. It is not something that people want to talk about because it's all about pass, 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 pass. I'm with that. I, I love watching Patrick Mahomes throw the football. You have to be able to run when you get to January. And now that the weather is starting to turn a little bit, this is around the time of the year that you want to be able to see them start to get that going. And in a game like this against Denver, frankly, Ron, this is one of those games, especially when you've got Miami on the horizon, where that's a massive game with standing implications, like home field implications, all of that. This is the kind of game where you do kind of want to get in there and get out of there with a win and treat it as a business trip where – Let's put it on the back of Isaiah Pacheco. Let's let him go out there, get 150 yards, and get out of there with a smash mouth power football type of a game. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I you know, I don't know if you have to run it in January. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Mahomes you have to be able to. I I, I don't know that you have to like have 
a 300 yard rusher or anything, but you, I think you have to have the ability to change the pace with the running game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that, that heaven is it is, it's not a, a, an absolute need, but the chiefs can <laughs> like, they can run the ball. That's the, that's the part about it is it's, this is this is Spencer Ware and company, like and and, and we're like, hey man, it just ain't good, man. It's just a change of pace. They can run the football, like the Jets have a really good defense, and they ran it up and down their throats in that game. When the Jets knew they were going to run, they ran it down their throats with Pacheco, and the debt. The Denver Broncos gave up 750 yards rushing in a three week span leading into that game against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs were like, nah. And I just, that's my thing is, it'd be one thing if that just wasn't something the Chiefs were good at. They can run. They can run the football. <laughs> like, they're good at it. So do it. Like, at that that part, like, I, I expect to see, I expect to see that. There is no reason that if, I think if Isaiah Pacheco gets 15 to 20 carries, he's rushing for 100 yards. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And if there's a defense that will allow that to happen, it's this one, dude. Because as we talked about the last time around, whatever it is that you want to do against the Broncos, you can pretty much do it. Now, last week, it was a weird game against the Packers because the Packers forgot how to play football and they didn't really establish a whole lot of anything. But basically, everybody else that's played against them so far this year, yeah, man, just go ahead and go out there, roll the ball out, and you figure out what you want to do and you'll do it. But even with that, with the Packers, they still rushed for over 130 yards in the game. <laughs> and they weren't trying, and they still rushed for over 130 yards. I just that 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 part just frustrates me. And that that they got to get that rolling. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, when the Broncos have the ball, let's sort of be camera to tell you right now, I don't have a lot. But I do think that they the defense should be on alert early. I, I do I think the Denver Broncos, especially from an offensive perspective, I just think they defensively they're defensive challenge, they're defensively challenged. Offensively, from an offensive perspective, I think they're going to potentially come out in this game like it's their Super Bowl. They just won, they were just embarrassed in the game against the chiefs, they couldn't muster up 90 yards pat nine or a hundred yards passing. And to get to where they got, they had to get on a roll to get there late into the game in the fourth quarter, or, or they would have been sitting around the 50, 60 yard mark in terms of passing. This is Sean Payton, who is still a good offensive coach in the league that just saw you two weeks ago. Right. And just saw you last week in the first half where the defense gave up some points. I think early in the game, very much like with the Chargers, early in the game, you could see you could probably see the best of the Denver Broncos offense we've seen all year. And I just think that the Chiefs got to weather that early storm. Everybody on that team is highly motivated to do yep. that for differing reasons. For some of them, it's, you know, the coach wants to figure out a way to get this thing back on track. The quarterback wants to play his way into the remainder of his contract. Like 
those things are are very reasonable. For other guys, man, they want to get out of there. Like Jerry Judy wants to go play for anybody else because it's miserable playing for this team right now. Get away from the dude that's over there doing high knees in the middle of the plane ride as you're going home. Like Cortland Sutton wants to go play somewhere else where he's got a chance to be able to win. And the way that you do that is by showing out in this game against Kansas City because it is their last opportunity to do so prior to next week's trade deadline. Every report, Ron, seems to suggest that the Broncos are listening to almost everybody on their roster, but the two guys that get mentioned the most are Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. So if you're one of those two guys, this is your chance, man, to be able to go out there and show, hey, I'm I'm a legitimate, at worst, number two wide receiver for a contending caliber team. Come trade for me and I can change the fortunes of your squad. This is the game where they get to be able to do that for the final time. Yeah, it, I'm sure it is. Like, it feels like this would be the kind of game where it's like, oh, Chiefs better be on alert because everybody's just talking about how garbage the Broncos are and they're not going to take this seriously ahead of this game in Germany against the Miami Dolphins. And that might very well be the case, but it also just seems like nobody really likes playing for Sean Payton. <laughs> like generally the players on that team don't really seem to like him very much as a head coach and nobody really seems to be having a good time. So I do think there's something to them wanting to showcase and, and wanting to up their trade value. Cause it seems like the Broncos are ready to have a fire sale if they can get some stuff in return for some of these guys. Uh, and, but I, I still just think that like, even so I, I think it's, it could be something similar to like last week against the chargers early on, they get a couple of big plays, get set up in nice uh, field position and, and get in the end zone. And, and it's a closer game for a little bit than we think. And then eventually the Chiefs will turn it on and it's over and there's nothing Denver's going to be able to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't think it's going to be a whole game. I just think at the beginning, like for me, I think defensively you got to be on alert because I do think we'll see some things where you potentially see the best of what the Broncos can offer. Right. And, and, and I think they're game planning like hell for this. And, and like, I know you said, Sean, but I mean, they pulled off a win last week against the Packers and they're coming off of this. And I don't care. That I mean, you get embarrassed the way that they were like that. You 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 want to come back against the Chiefs. First off, Patrick Mahomes and the and the world champs already get you going because you know you got eyes watching you. And and this to me, I think they come back as their Super Bowl. This is the game they get up for. Right. Yeah, go ahead. What's your level of concern about going into this one without Nick Bolton? Because yeah, I, I think thinking- if, if there's anything that could go wrong for them in this game, it, it is probably that. Normally, I would be really concerned about it because he's a guy that I I have been higher on than I think some other Chiefs fans that view him as a liability. I, I've always been higher on Nick Bolton than most. I think he's a really good linebacker that we, we focus too much on what he can't do and not enough on what he does do out there. But he's already missed a few games this year against the Jets, against Minnesota. So we've kind of seen him against offenses that are at least similar in terms of their capabilities to what this Broncos offense is going to bring to the table. I think long term, it's a it's a real question mark for what that means for the defense. In this game, it doesn't really concern me that much. Where are you at? Yeah, this game, it doesn't concern me. Um, And really, man, and, and to the point of what we were talking about earlier in the show, like I think that's another one of the things about this Chiefs defense that's so impressive is that's just the thing is their depth is so much better than what appears to be everybody else. 
I think Nick Bolton is one of their three best defensive players. I think he is an important, important piece. But damn, man, Drew Tranquil, Drew Tranquil comes in and and it kind of changes them a little bit. But but he is he's a starter on a lot of teams, like and, and playing starter, like like they're just their depth everywhere is so is so stronger. What they can do with the linebacking core, and yes, he's going to be a miss for what six plus weeks potentially, but. They got guys with Chanel and him and, and, and Tranquil and Willie Gay, who's playing the way he is. Like, you feel like they can figure they're going to figure it out because they just got good players there. Who was it that one year? Was it him that got hurt where that number 47 fella, Harris or whatever his name was, have, was having to come into games? Yeah. I, was it Darius Harris? Was Darius it? Harris. Oh, yep. God, man. That dude was feast or famine, man, and mostly famine. Like, I mean, it was just. But they got better players now. And like I think he's gonna be very, very he's a he's gonna be missed and very important. But Drew is somebody that you feel confident that you don't have to change your defense around and he can handle things. It's strange to say, but like in the Miami game, it actually might be a good thing for you just because of the way that they play. They put your linebackers in so much conflict and they want to move you horizontally so much, and it's all about speed against the Dolphins that's a that's a really difficult matchup for a guy like Nick Bolton and so you probably would have seen more of Drew Tranquil than you typically do against that team anyway so like for that one it's not a huge deal we're a month away from this so we don't have to spend much time on it but against Philadelphia that is where I think you're really going to feel the miss or, or you're going to miss the presence of a guy that can just plug the middle of the defense against a team like that because they're going to just continue to bash you backwards until you can stop it. But against some of these teams that are a little bit more of the finesse style, I think you're going to be fine with Drew Tranquil out there. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, yeah. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be, they'll be as good of a situation as any other team that would lose their third best defensive player. So I feel, I feel pretty good about, oh, oh, Drew Tranquil coming in for Nick Bolton. Big signing, by the way, in the offseason is what we're seeing there. Oh, Underrated. Yeah, their free agent signings on defense have been spectacular so far. Yeah, man. Yeah, offensively, we'll see. But yeah, defensively, they've been they've been killing it. All right. Sir, to go ahead and give me my music. Um, the uh the segment that's sweeping the nation. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Certified or imposter. Certified or imposter? We play it. I say a statement. Is it certified or is it an imposter? Serta, you go first. Kadarius Tony is the Chiefs' third best receiving option. Kadarius Tony is the Chiefs' third best receiving option. I'm going to say imposter. Um, you know, I, I was kind of hoping that they could work him and get him healthy and kind of we kind of see his role expand. And maybe he's still not healthy right now. Maybe that's the issue, because if as far as the Chiefs are concerned, like if you're healthy enough to like practice in some capacity, like they just won't really say whether or not you're dealing with something. And so a lot of times we find out after the fact, like, oh, no, I was dealing with this injury for two months or whatever. And I kind of feel like maybe he still is. But. He's just got such a limited role in the offense at this point. I just don't see it really happening for him this season, unless that significantly expands. I also really like how they've been using their running backs in the passing game. Like in McKinnon and Pacheco has been catching a few passes a game. I really enjoy that. 
I think they should do more of that. So I'd like to see more of that. I just don't see him really becoming a big enough part of the offense and having a big enough role in the offense this season to be like that, that true third option. So I think it's an imposter. Ron, I'm mad at myself because I had an opinion of Kadarius Tony when he was traded to the chiefs and it was a strong one. And I said, I don't understand why people are so excited about this move. I think he's like a slightly lesser version of what you already have in McCole Hardman. He's talented, but he's always hurt. And when he's been on the field, he hasn't been overly productive. And then I watched him against the Jaguars and said he's the oh, best wide receiver I've ever seen. That Jacksonville game tricked us all, boy. I, I was that. like, oh, well, yeah, that's why you traded for him. Like, y- you have basically the Bo Jackson of receivers. Why wouldn't you want to get that guy on your team? Like, he's he's doing things I've never seen done, and he's the coolest football player in the history of the sport. So, yeah, definitely trade for that guy anytime you have the chance to do so. And then the rest of the year he did, like, mostly a lot of nothing. Like, I know he scored a touchdown in the Eagles game. Ron, Serta, or myself could have scored that touchdown in the Eagles game. He was wide open. It was a screen. Like, it, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on in that play. And then this year, I mean, his best game was a 35-yard performance against the Jaguars. He's not being utilized in the running game. Like, he's added almost nothing. We talk a lot about Sky Moore and how he's made zero use of his snaps. Well, the same is kind of true of Kadarius Tony this year. So, I say all of that to say this. Hell no, he's not your third best receiving option. I'm not sure he's your fifth best receiving option. Like, I don't know what his role is for this team now that you have McCole Hardman again. What do you use him for? What does he do better than the other guys that you have on the roster? He doesn't go deep as well as MVS. He doesn't do the gadget stuff as well as McCole Hardman. He doesn't do the possession stuff as well as Rasheed Rice. He's certainly not going to recognize the zone and the defense as well as Travis Kelsey. What's his role? Yeah, I, I I would say, and they took they took punt return duties from him and gave it to some gentleman by the name of Washington, and then they let him go. <laughs> like they took. That's why I think he's hurt. That's why I think he's maybe he's still a little bit more banged up than they're letting on. He, of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah, but that's, he's that's always hurt. Entire career. So, yeah, I, I guess uh, maybe maybe that's why he's not running any routes more than five yards down the field either. I don't know. Um, or he's incapable, I, one of the two. I, 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 he can run straight, can't he? That I don't is. know. <laughs> show me. Sh- show me that you can because so far it's that's been the role for uh, Justin Watson and MVS. Yeah, if he was it, good at it, wouldn't they have him doing it? It'd be odd. It, it, it's odd. That's what I was going to say. I would say imposter because they don't seem to do things to make it seem like he is going to be a guy that they look at as the third. Option. All right, I'll just throw this out. Who do you think is that guy, by the way? Real quick, how many yards? Like, if you say the third option by the end of the year, if Kelsey is the first option in the way that Rasheed Rice is emerging, how many yards from the second, from the third option? Where the ballpark? 650? Somewhere around there. Five, I was going to say like 600. So, yeah. I think it's MVS. Serta, I know you, you. I know you love him, but I mean, I got. I think he was around that last year, wasn't he? Six, mm-hmm. like certainly not Sky Moore. I think we can definitively say that now. Yeah, he really gives a great first down celebration when he catches the ball. <laughs> really. But uh, but I think MVS, like, and is Watson not, coming back? Do we know if Watson's coming back? Like n- this week? I'm not sure. Sir, have you heard he's, anything? He's on that? just been limited. I would be really surprised if they brought him back because they initially made it seem like he was going to miss like a few weeks yeah. at least. 
Um, but then he's been practicing, but they also kind of brought Nick Bolton back and he was limited in practice and then didn't play the following week. And then they bring him back to the, the week after. So if he comes back next week, that would be my answer. See, I think I'll say MVS. I think he'll have the yards by the end of it. We'll look at it and be like, yeah, he has the yards. Unless McCole Hardman really becomes a downfield guy and he starts to rack up yards that way. I think it'll be MVS, but I think the third person that they trust the most in the passing game is, is McKinnon. Like, I think he's actually the third one they trust the most, but I don't know if he'll have the most yards. Don't sleep that- on Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco has been utilized in the passing game in a way that we had not seen from him previously. He, they're starting to trust him more and more as well. I'm sure. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. He did catch a touchdown, didn't he? Yeah, we'll see. I, I, he's, got, he's got more receptions, targets, and receiving yards this yeah. year. Than yes, I want to I see more screens for Pacheco. Yeah. That's the deal. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, you know how they save McKinnon. They save him. Yeah, wait, till the, December. wait till December. Wait till the guy that they trust. McKinnon did miss some practice the, today or well, this week. So. Fantastic. Sure. McKinnon will have like 12 receptions for 100 yards against the Bengals in December. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there for him. He'll get the Chargers too in LA. He'll be feeling good. He gets the Chargers. All right. Prediction time uh, in this game. I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I'll say 30, 30 17. Uh, Chiefs win. I think uh, the, the Denver comes out early and, and with some fight offensively. But I think the Chiefs hold another opponent another 20 points. I'll say 30 to 17. My prediction is I'm watching Red Zone by about 5 o'clock to watch the other games that are taking place in the 3 o'clock hour. Um, Chiefs win this one 34 to 16. It's never really close. It's ugly. And we all leave saying we're worse off for having watched it. I'm going to say 31 to 13 Chiefs, and that's all the thought that I've put into it right now, and I don't really have much else. Don't you wish they just would say, you know what, let's go beat the hell out of them. They don't do that, but I wish in their mind, they're like, hey, man, let's go Miami Dolphins their asses. The Dolphins score 70, let's get 75. Like, I, I wish they had that mindset. Like the old BCS era where it was like, hey, style points do matter now, yeah, guys. They just don't give a rip, right? Like, they don't I mean, They don't care if they win 24 to 7. They don't, but we'll see. I, finally, we get through Denver and then uh, on to the big one. On to the big one with the Dolphins. All right, we are out. <laughs>